Hello, and welcome to the Diary of a Female Entrepreneur podcast. This is the podcast that teaches entrepreneurs how to start, grow, and sustain their businesses while handling all the emotional challenges life throws at them like a boss. Here's your host, Nancy Mensa, business and life coach, international speaker, and the founder of Triumphant Women Nonprofit Organization. Hey guys, thanks for joining me today. If you are an avid listener, I want to say thank you so much for always tuning in to this episode and welcome back. And if you're new, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Diary of a Female Entrepreneur podcast. As always, I am your host, Nancy Mensa. I have an exciting show for you guys today that um, I just love, love, love everything that this guest stands for, and I can't wait to share her with you. And so let me just go ahead and introduce her. Uh, joining us today is Danielle uh, Nigel. And Danielle, if I, if I butcher your last name, I apologize. Just correct me. No <laughs> Everyone does. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and she goes by Danny, so I'll call her Danny. Uh, Danny is a CEO and the founder of Daisy LA and is a California-based art apparel company with a mission to empower women through conversation and community. Danny is a self-taught uh, illustrator, graphic designer, and photographer. Guys, I'm telling you, I absolutely love everything her company stands for. And it is so much more than just clothing. And Danny has a great entrepreneurial journey that I know everyone can learn from. So Danny, without further ado, I'm so glad to have you and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here today. Yes, absolutely. Me too. Now, I I mean, I, I went over your bio, your website, and there's just so much more that you guys do. So tell us, first of all, who is Danielle uh, or Danny? And, to, and then let's talk about Daisy LA. So I am, as you said, a graphic designer, photographer, and I'm super passionate about empowering women. Yes. Um, have <laughs> I had a long history as a t-shirt designer before going to start my own line and had, you know, worked my way up slowly in the industry and finally got the courage to start my own brand. Of course, there's like a huge story with all of that. <laughs> um, but really like my whole life, you know, I've been a very strong-willed, independent, driven women, a uh, woman and in a lot of ways I felt like in my career and in my life um the world told me to be quiet and didn't want mm. me to be that way. So mm. I knew when I went to start my own brand that that's what it had to be about. And here I am today all about creating conversation and community and encouraging fellow females to use their voice and create change in the world. I love it. And I and I know there's so much in there that that you're not saying right now, but <laughs> because and I absolutely love your journey. So uh, tell us what what exactly uh you know is Daisy LA so the audience can know and just how did you get here? Totally. So Daisy started off as a colorful t-shirt line. And um, I mean, it was really my dream after years of working in the fashion industry to have a clothing line of my own, but to actually design shirts that meant something. Um, and by you know doing that and sharing my journey on social media, we were able to really grow more than a customer base, but a community. And 
by having the empowering phrases printed directly onto the clothes, like they serve as a conversation starter. And that's really how the whole thing started. And now we've expanded into like accessories. We carry goods made by other female founded businesses on our site alongside our own. Uh, we have cell phone cases. We have all sorts of fun things now. And we've really grown past t-shirts. So it's been really cool. Now, and, you know, I I saw that and you also mentioned that um, the company is just uh, more than T-shirts, but you guys truly do everything. And uh, I guess I want to say you put your money, uh, your mouth where your money is <laughs> and uh, and support other women. And that is really a great thing because a lot of uh companies really are just in for themselves. And sometimes we talk about female empowerment and it's like, okay, how are we empowering each other? And I always say, you know what, women, we're always um, quicker to tear each other down than the world does to us. And so I absolutely love the fact that you give other female um, entrepreneurs opportunities even to showcase their work and to showcase their line. Uh, so that is really a great thing. Now, um, more about your journey because I'm sure everybody wants to know how did you get here and how hard was it and and uh, you know how how was Daisy LA birth? Totally, um, I love that phrase. God, I don't know exactly how it goes, but something along the lines of every overnight success you see is like ten years in the making, <laughs> and that's really <laughs> true here. Yes, you know I think these days with social media, people can like see somebody's journey years and years in and think like, how did they get there? But the truth is, there's like, of course, with everybody, there's a journey before that. And it really, you know, it took a long time to get where I'm at. I've been designing t-shirts for almost 10 years now. I originally went to school for fashion design. Um, and I was living in San Diego where I went to school and there wasn't really like a lot of fashion companies down there. So I ended up getting an internship with a t-shirt company. Um, and I never really thought of t-shirt design as a career option, I guess. I've always loved art and I've always loved fashion. And it was kind of like this moment realizing that I could pursue both of those at the same time, like fa like art fused onto clothing. And ever since I had that internship, like I started to experiment with t-shirt design. After I graduated uh, the fashion school with an associate's degree, I think I was like, 19. Um, I took like one graphic design class and just fell in love with it and started, you know, doing like freelance work that I found off of Craigslist. And I remember one of my first jobs, I usually skip over this job because it's like, so like lame. <laughs> but I was telling somebody the other day, they're like, you should, they're like, you should include this in your journey story, because, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to it. But um, so after doing some freelance gigs, one of my very first graphic design jobs was designing basically like really cheesy ads for medical companies to go on pharmacy bags. And it was just this random business that some young guy started and like rented out a creepy like room in like an office park and like had people telemarketing these doctors to try to sell them a spot on these pharmacy bags. And we would call the pharmacy pharmacies and be like, we'll get you free bags. You know, it was basically this whole weird business. And this was my first like 
job outside of school and I was designing like the doctors, like I would like do a tooth and, and then have the dentist information. And then after working there, like for a while, they started getting me on the phone to like basically be a telemarketer. So I was like getting paid nothing, doing telemarketing and doing cheesy graphics. And that was my first like terrible, terrible job. Um, and then I got a job at a print shop. And then I ended up actually getting a job at that original company I interned for. Um, gosh, maybe like eight months or something after I interned there. And that really felt like my first job. Like I had all those random ones before. Um, but this was really cool. I was doing what I wanted to do. I was designing women's t-shirts. And I, you know, when I first started, they really like gave me a chance. I didn't really know exactly what I was doing. Uh, my style as an artist had not been defined. I was still figuring it out. And through that job, I was there for about a year. I learned so much about t-shirt design and really started to develop my personal style and skill set. And it was really awesome. And then um, they were like going through some changes as a company and they were like having us work from home. And it was like a weird time. And at that same time, I was starting to feel like I needed to move to Los Angeles. That's where everything was. That's where the fashion industry was if I really wanted to pursue it. And so I popped onto Craigslist. I got a job uh, designing men's shirts for Macy's and I moved right up to Los Angeles and I was there for a while and, you know, learned how to design like for a total different customer and like really develop my skills more there. Then I ended up through Craigslist getting a job designing shirts for Urban Outfitters. Then there I was poached to design shirts for Torrid and Hot Topic. And that was a really cool job. Um, but it was like such a chill job that I would get bored and I started to like listen to podcasts about entrepreneurship and I would like, you know, daydream about like being like a freelancer, starting my own company. And I started to do freelance work and I started to share my portfolio online. And that was actually against company policy, but I was like, let's see what I can get away with. <laughs> and I got in trouble and I got fired and I was like... I was like, this is really sad, but you know what? This is my chance to be a freelancer. And so I gave that a shot, um, failed miserably, and got a job like <laughs> three months later. Um, and I was interviewing with quite a few companies. I had like a good portfolio and good experience at that point. So luckily finding a job wasn't hard. And I was talking to a few different brands. And then one of the one of the brands I was talking to was a startup. And they offered me a position and it was like a little bit less pay than the other companies I was talking to, but I was super curious to give that a shot. And that really gave me the opportunity to do more than just design t-shirts. Like when I worked for all these corporate companies, I was literally just like a t-shirt design like machine. You just output and you don't really get a chance to be super creative on your own. They give you a lot of direction, a lot of micromanaging. You don't own any of your art. And with this startup, it was super different. I was designing shirts, but I was also designing denim. And I was also running social media. And I was like learning how to like do photography. And it was a really awesome position to learn how to start basically a company of my own. And then after a while there, I was like, well, why don't I do this for myself? I've been working for all these different guys over the years. And I think I need to start my own company and design shirts and things that actually mean something to me. So I quit and I started Daisy and I never looked back. And that is like my story in a nutshell. 
<laughs> I mean, I love this. I love your story because there's so much in it. And I love the fact that you're so transparent because a lot of people, like you said, think that, you know, when you see someone successful overnight, you think they just landed there, but it takes work. It takes getting fired. And I think you're the first person that I've heard um, on this podcast that's actually found really good jobs on Craigslist. I didn't yeah. see that coming. <laughs> you know, this was a while ago. <laughs> I was always surprised too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm really shocked by that. I was like, whoa, maybe I should give Craigslist a different uh, yeah. look there. But, <laughs> you know, and I want you to share. I know we, today we're talking about how to be and live your brand. Um, and so I want you to share, first of all, the journey. There's a part of your story that you, um, when you started Daisy LA, you started sharing candidly um, uh, your experience with your Instagram followers or your social media followers. Why did you do that? And, and how did that help the brand? I just remember when I was working for these corporate companies and listening to those podcasts, I was always so curious what the day-to-day was like Mm -hmm. of running a small business and what their journeys were like. And a lot of the time, it's this overarching story of how they found success and started their company. But I remember like wanting to know more. So when I started my own brand, I started to share that stuff. And like everything about Daisy is me being true to myself. And working for these other companies, I feel like I wasn't allowed to be true to myself as an artist. You know, they didn't really give me freedom to create my own artwork. I was, you know, put in my place if I ever wanted to have an opinion or a say in something. And as like a naturally outspoken person, um, you know, I had experienced that a lot in my life, you know, told to be quiet when I, you know, now I know like I have a valuable voice and I have something to add, something beneficial. Yes. Um, you know, and I got in trouble for oversharing at work, for sharing on social <laughs> media. So everything about starting Daisy like was running my company my way. And I was able to make that work for me. And I think by being so real and so transparent online with my community, people are able to see that and really relate to me and feel a deeper connection to the company. Like everything about Daisy, I live. Mm -hmm. Everything about from the design aesthetic to the message to how I choose to, you know, openly share my struggles and successes is so true to me. And it just really feels like I've somehow designed this dream job. I always thought, you know, like, oh, you know, when I work for Urban Outfitters, that's going to be my dream, you know, as like a 20-year-old designer. And then I, and you know, I somehow I end up getting that job. And I was like, wait, this, you know, I have a, a terrible boss and this is not definitely not my dream. <laughs> and I kind of learned that truly to have your dream job, you have to create it. And mm-hmm. that's what Daisy is for me. It just basically sounds like you were born to be your own boss. Definitely. I think some people people are that way. And, you know, before they discover that, it's really hard. You know, you think you're broken. You're like, wow, like, I am just, you know, trying to, like, give my opinion and try to be, like, a productive member of this team. And, And a lot of corporate environments, like, don't support that. You know, they just want you to be a worker bee. And I really thrive working for myself. I feel more driven to work harder. 
you know, everything you do benefits you and your business. So it's just so much better than working for somebody else. I don't know if I could ever go back or it'd be really hard to. <laughs> no, I mean, you are doing great. And like you said, your personality, your passions, uh, your purpose, there's just no way, um, you know, to work for someone else because not only are you, you know, the CEO of Daisy at Labor, you're, you're changing so many lives just through the company. And um, I want to ask, before we even go deep, deep into the topic for today, which is how to be or live your own brand, um, you went through uh, other adversities, um, you know, like getting fired or working for different horrible bosses and all these things um, <laughs> before you you uh, just um, embarked on your entrepreneurial journey. So what, what kept you going? Like, how did you overcome the fear um, to continue looking to be your own boss? I think when you get knocked down, it's okay to be upset about it and sad about it, but you need to learn to get back on the horse and mm -hmm. use that failure as fuel for your fire. And as a like lesson, if I hadn't have gotten fired from my cushy job working for Torrid and Hot Topic, I could still be there today mm -hmm. and my life could be totally different. And sometimes those failures are actually, you know, just closing a door so a better one can open. And I think if you step into your life with that mentality and that outlook, you're going to have a lot of opportunity versus, you know, deciding to look at these failures in a negative way. I absolutely agree. And um, now let's go deep into, uh, you know, living your brand. What, what is all that about to you? So what's so cool about having your own company is like you get to decide what that is and how it looks. And I feel like there's such a crossover. Like, I don't know if I'm Daisy or Daisy is me. Like it's so <laughs> melted together in my life. And you know, I, I really designed it to be that way. Like I've, you know, designed my platform to reflect like my style. Like I design things that I want to wear. Mm. You know, I put myself out there. I, you know, tell my story candidly and openly. And, you know, I even like have found different passions of mine and like somehow incorporated that into this brand. Like I love to do, you know, photography, run social media, do the graphics. Um, I love to do things like this, like be the face of the brand and talk to people and connect women and I've designed like Daisy to really be a reflection of like what I'm passionate about, all of those things. Like if I told you all of those passions and that I wanted to turn it into one brand, it would sound crazy. But somehow, you know, I've been able to slowly build a brand that really reflects everything. And I feel like, you know, I, I don't, there's nothing that I want to do with my company that I'm not just going for like I'm even you know I've taken a recent interest in interior design mm. um, through like buying a house and Airbnb it and decorating like that and decorating my apartment in LA and you know I started to carry like interior stuff on my website you know I started to post like a little bit about my interior design journey and somehow I've been able to like work that into my brand seamlessly um, and it's just really all about like keeping your branding tight and having it make sense together. I mean, like design stuff makes sense within my brand. Um, but still being able to pursue all your passions kind of in one like little package. 
Now, I mean, just based on everything that you're saying, and I know we laughed about it that, you know, is um, are you Daisy or are you Danny? And that is a really good uh, question. And the, and the answer is you are both because, you know, you are your passion and you are your brand. And because you've put so much heart and passion into this, you can't, you know, we should not be able to differentiate uh, who Danny is from Daisy because Daisy is you. And I think that is all that branding is all about. And so what advice do you have for women out there, you know, in, in different type of businesses trying to brand their business? I would say, you know, sit down and write down all of the things that you're passionate about and that you would like to design your business around and very intentionally find a way to meld those things together into your dream company. It's possible. I'm living proof that I can find all these different passions and turn it into one dream job. I just think you need to get really specific. Like, okay, I love design. I love photography. I love social media. Like, let me start a clothing line with like an, basically an online store. Um, I think just like trying to figure out how you can put them all together and then brand them in a way that feels really true to you. Now, how do you, because, because social media is such a huge platform and there's so much noise out there and so many ways to post and to get out there and to be an influencer. Um, sometimes as an entrepreneur, especially in the beginning stages, uh, People tend to, you know, that whole scrolling on your phone, scrolling online, comparing yourself to other people, comparing your success with theirs or comparing your brand to theirs. Did you experience any of that? And how did you overcome it? Uh, I experienced that to this day. <laughs> I think everyone does, to be honest. And um, so what's something I do with Daisy is I design my collections around different uh, themes that I think modern women struggle with. And sometimes they're even directly related to something that I feel like I'm learning or struggling with or want to share, like even further, like building my brand into like who I am. Um, one of my collections was all about social media and how to be your more, you know, your most authentic self, both online and in real life. The collection was called Highlight Real, R-E-A-L, as opposed to the Instagram Highlight Real, R-E-E-L, which refers to like people highlighting only like the best things in their life. Um, and I think, you know, there's a really big shift going on where people are sick of seeing these perfect lives and they want to see more real stuff. And that collection was sort of a response of like the way I was feeling scrolling through my feed and seeing these perfect lives and comparing myself. And when I went to design this collection, I really like started to do some inner work and, you know, ask myself why I was feeling this way and how I could help that. Um, so I started to do a lot of different things. I think if accounts are making you feel bad, you shouldn't have to follow them. Even if you admire that person um, you know, even if they're a friend, you can mute their account. Like you don't need to be exposed to things every single day that make you feel less than, and that doesn't make you a weak person. That makes you somebody who prioritizes your self-care. I have strategically, ever since I designed that collection, I've unfollowed the accounts that make me feel anxious or jealous. And I haven't judged myself for doing that. I allowed myself to do that. And I follow the accounts that 
inspire, uplift, and educate me. So when I go on my social media, it's a happy place where I'm learning things about the world, where I'm following people that inspire me and lift me up. And, you know, in turn, it makes it like a happier, safe space again. Social media, especially as a young entrepreneur, is so, so important. It's the number one marketing tool there is right now. And a lot of people can get burnt out on it if they don't use it the right way. So I think we just need to be super intentional and also ask ourselves, like, are you mindlessly scrolling or are you scrolling with intention? And it's really just learning like a better relationship with your phone. And that's something I go through like highs and lows all the time. Like one week I could be like on my phone way too much. One week I learned to put my phone down. Um, but I think it's really learning intention with social media. You know, thank you so much for your transparency. And I think this is the first time I've heard someone say, you know, unfollow or block or remove um, things or people um, on social media that intimidates you or makes you feel jealous. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that. You know, it's just like out of sight, out of mind. And I think that it it all boils down to protecting your heart and protecting um, who you are and protecting your brand. If, because you don't know, you know, the, the the behind the scenes of these people's lives. And so as you're scrolling through every day with that intention and Daisy, thanks for mentioning that. I just called you Daisy. Thanks for mentioning that. You know, but it's just, and really scroll with intention. If you're, if you're just scrolling and getting your feelings hurt, then you know, you're also to blame. And there are a lot of things out there that can hurt your feelings, especially if you're just starting out. So scroll with intention and there's absolutely nothing wrong with getting rid of information out there that just doesn't do you any good. And like you said, you have a happy social media environment because you created it, you know? So I absolutely love that. Now, um, I also read that you uh, still hand draw and design I am almost everything um, in Daisy. How 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 even how is that even possible? Well, I used to design like five T-shirts a day when I was working for other companies. So it's really it's something you can learn. Um, a lot of people have this belief that creativity needs to just like strike, and you know you can't basically like call it to fruition whenever you need it or want it, that it's just this magical thing. I fully believe that like you can be creative when you need to and you choose to be creative. And, you know, I think it's knowing like what inspires that creativity for you personally and building an environment around that. Like for example, when I go to design a collection, I usually will design an entire Daisy collection in one week. And I know like usually when, if a collection's been out for like a month, a month and a half, it's time for me to start working on the next collection and I'll block out a week of time where I don't have any commitments and I'm just focused on designing because I know if I have anything to distract me or even like a couple hours of my day is like devoted to something else, it'll like sidetrack me from designing. So I'll block like a week out. I'll design in an environment like I've designed my office at home, like as a very safe space to design. Um, And I'll pull a bunch of inspiration and I keep a little notepad in my phone whenever I come up with verbiage ideas. First, I'll come up with a theme for the collection. Like this past collection was the confidence collection. And I'll come up with verbiage like 
you know, months ahead, I'll just write little notes in my phone. And then when I go to design the collection, I open that notebook and I start to piece together all the ideas. I pull a bunch of inspiration and I just sit down and do the work. I mean, you can create the right environment to be creative and to output design. And you can also train yourself to be a very efficient designer that can design a collection in a week. Like it's totally doable. Now, what is your favorite platform? Because there's Facebook, there's, there's LinkedIn, there's Twitter, there's uh, Instagram, all these other things. Uh, what, what is your favorite or what, what platform has proved to be successful for you that you can uh, let the audience know? I mean, for us, hands down, it's been Instagram. And, you know, we've tried, you know, other things, but that's just where our audience is. And that's where we've like really grown and cultivated it. And, you know, we tried to do the YouTube thing for a little bit and it's like our audience just wasn't there. But now that IGTV exists, we've actually been experimenting with that a little bit. And it's been really awesome. Like, I'm so excited about it. Like at first, nobody knew what to do with it, but I think it's really going to start gaining traction and be the next big thing. Um, And it's kind of like an app where everyone is and there's so many different options how to share, whether you want to do stories or your feed or IGTV. And, and I do a lot of Instagram stories because I just share my life like as it goes, the behind the scenes daily of running a business. But um, I really think IGTV is going to be a big thing. I'm really excited because you can kind of share like a more like planned out story with like a vision. And I still film it on my phone. Like it's still very off the cuff, but it's a really cool space to further be able to, you know, share our brand and our mission and like really like the heart behind the story. Again, like there's so much crossover between like who I am as a person and the brand and people can see that and people are happier and excited to support somebody or something they can connect with. Um, and there's nothing about my brand that isn't like, true to me like people aren't like oh she's like bullshitting us like no it's really real and people see that and like these video tools have been a really awesome way to share that now i need to look into igtv and i and you're right i absolutely love instagram i think i'm starting to enjoy it a little bit more than the other platforms what advice or what are some tidbits that you can share on how to be more relevant or succeed on instagram I think by being more real, um, like you said, like there's so much comparison out there and so many people trying to like just show the most polished parts of their life. Mm -hmm. And I think as a generation, like we're getting super over it and we want more real stuff. We want to see the day-to-day stuff. We want to see maybe like a iPhone picture where you're not looking perfect, you know, or a caption that actually like feels like something you connect with as a human being. I think by being more yourself, it's going to give you so much more strength and people are going to see that and they're going to believe what you're selling because you believe it and it's true to you. That is good. Be, just be more real. And I really hope that 
you know, audience, as mean as you're listening, that you're really taking this in because I know it can be intimidating to be real, you know, to God forbid you put a, a picture out there without you having makeup on, you know, and I think we all fall victim to this because it's, it's, social media has just made it, you know, a way where it's like, oh, if you're not perfect. And I don't know if you heard the slogan or I don't even know who started it where it says, I, I woke up like this. And it's like, no, you did not. And it has people wake pretending that this is how they woke up with a lot of beautiful faces and makeup and all these things. And I'm like, no, that's not how we wake up. <laughs> you know? Yeah, the Beyonce quote. I think so. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like, no, just be more real um, out there. So, and now let's talk about you know, everything else that DAISY stands for. I mean, you you um, are able to showcase other people's um, work in your Daisy Lady Shop. Tell us more about that. Yes. So the Daisy Lady Shop is an awesome spot. And when I first started Daisy, it can be super isolating to work for yourself. And especially when you first start off, you don't know a lot of other entrepreneurs. But as I started meeting other entrepreneurs and we started collaborating together on projects, I felt so much more confident and so much more capable and being able to like rely on each other and and help each other was huge for me and coming from the fashion industry where it is super competitive and a lot of these people tend to pit people against each other to compete for like that better position or you know something like that I really loved like approaching entrepreneurship in, in a very different way that felt more true to me. Like I love being like the hype woman of my friends. Like I think my friends are super talented and I want everyone to know that. Um, and as I started like incorporating that into my brand and, and somebody who is very passionate about empowering women, it just kind of made sense to start to carry these other brands on my shop. And like, I remember one of the original incentives was um, I had a friend with a similar clothing line to mine. And I was like, I don't want to feel competitive to you. Why don't I just sell your stuff on my site? And like, then we all win, you know, we're able to use and promote each other. And that was kind of like the original thought process. And and we put on the listing, um, like we, if you look at the product listing, it has a picture of the female entrepreneur, it tells their story, it shows their social media, if you want to follow them. Um, so it's really a cool space for us to give back and also to offer more items. Like Daisy does not need to make like its own earrings and its own shoes and all this stuff quite yet. But this was a cool way that we were able to offer all of those pieces on our site. And I wear Daisy every single day and I post it in my story and like, I'm able to wear and talk about other female entrepreneurs. And we specifically source um, stuff that are, you know, ethically made and female owned. And that's another really big part of Daisy and the business tying into my personal beliefs is, uh, sustainable fashion and ethical fashion. And having worked in the fashion industry and seeing the immense amount of fabric waste and, you know, truly like heinous working conditions that people are subjected to, I wanted to do things as ethical as I could. So we've built the brand up around that as well. And I know there's so many different talking points for Daisy. It gets kind of confusing, but I think we've been able to really like brand it all together in a nice way that people are able to like understand our brand. Now, 
let's talk about company culture because like you said, there are so many talking points for Daisy and you're doing so much, you know, to help other female entrepreneurs out there using a hundred percent certified organic um, cotton for your, for your designs, you know, uh, talk about zero waste, uh, making sure that you're not wasting so much uh, materials out there. How did all this come about? And I think it, it all ties into company culture. And so how important is that to um, the audience listening in today? I think it's incredibly important, like, as soon as you start your company, you should try to establish what your values are. And about six months into starting Daisy, I met my production partner. His name is Kelly. He's super awesome. We've been with them for almost three years now. Um, But slow fashion was something he was super passionate about. And his background is in producing graphic tees. And that was something I knew, you know, very little about being so much on the design front. Like I had done some quality control and, you know, been to screen printing factories and that. But um, meeting him was like a huge step in building our brand around slow fashion. And I had watched the True Cost documentary that I really recommend. And it's super eye opening. I was working in the fashion industry for years without even realizing how environmentally detrimental it is and how much or how many people are subject to just horrible conditions and literally die to make clothing. And having worked in that industry and, and been really put off after watching that documentary, like it was important to me to like do something different with my brand. And I really think the future of fashion is going to be sustainable because literally that's what the word means. Like fast fashion is not sustainable. It cannot continue. Our planet simply does not have the resources. So um, building that into my brand is super important, but it's not easy. It's super hard. And me and Kelly have gone to great lengths to create as little waste as possible. And like, honestly, mostly zero waste because we produce our shirts as they are ordered. So it works a little bit like a pre-order system. People will put the order in. They do small batch, the t-shirt bodies. We have lots of different colors and bodies. Um, but they'll screen print them as they are ordered. And one of the biggest reasons why the fashion industry contributes to waste so much is because of overproduction. The amount of textile waste every year is just insurmountable. So much of it goes to waste. And some fashion uh, companies have publicly admitted to burning their clothing just to keep their brand name intact if it doesn't sell. They don't want it to be discounted. These are normal practices in the fashion industry, using chemicals. You know, you're wearing this stuff on your skin. It's brushing against your skin every day. Um, you know, that's going into your body. So it was really important to us in creating as minimal waste as possible. And, you know, we've been able to do that. And it takes a really long time for our stuff to ship. And we're trying to make changes as the company grows to keep up with that. But it's something that we stand by and something that's super important to us as a brand. And we really try to educate our community on these principles because most people don't know. And I think that it's going to be a huge shift in the future. The younger generation really cares about this kind of stuff. Yes, yes, yes. And and thank you for standing up for what is right and just, you know, running a company that, that cares about sustainability. Now, let's talk about what has been either one of your greatest business challenge since you started. Honestly, I would say production. Production is so tricky. And and trying to make stuff to order is pretty wild. 
Um, at the same time, making stuff to order does allow us to have a wider variety of clothing because we're not pre-ordering, you know, thousands and thousands of units so we can have more SKUs. But it's been really tricky getting that right. And we've been going through some changes lately because the or- like our orders have been super backed up. We're moving to a bigger warehouse. We're getting more machines. We're getting more manpower. And we're going to try to keep up. But yeah, trying to explain to customers that it's going to, it's not going to get there in two days, like an Amazon order. It's not even going to get there in a week or sometimes not two, three weeks because it's, you know, being made to order. It's essentially like a pre-order. So explaining that to people and trying to get them to understand has been super difficult. Wow. Now, how do you, cause, um, you mentioned something. How do you um, educate your customers? Because this is all about branding. And if someone is going to order from you, they have to understand what your company stands for and that they're not going to get it tomorrow. So how do you, um, or how did you guys educate the customer? So we really like the term slow fashion and we are like, guys, it's literally slow, especially the way we're doing it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just post about it on Instagram um, we repost a lot of things from different sustainable accounts. We, I did an IGTV kind of sharing the behind the scenes of our production process because a lot of people will get upset and they don't understand like what we're trying to do and how hard it really is. Mm. You know, hundreds of orders, all different styles having to be made to order in Los Angeles is like extremely difficult. And it's just constantly reminding people and talking people through it. And a lot of our consumers have learned so, so much about slow fashion. And like, it's really changed how they consume, not just from us, but like all facets of their life. And, you know, our community in turn is educating their followers and and who they have, you know, a reach over. And I think it's just one of those like trickle out effects and you know it's going to have a larger impact as we keep sharing this stuff Mm, mm. now i know it's not easy to be different and um, this is something that audience i believe that we all everyone needs to learn that it's not easy to stand up for what is right and it's not easy to um you know to stand up to do uh to be different because i'm sure um danny and you will agree that you could have just gone the route of just like any other fashion brand out there and continued in the cycle of you know waste and not caring about the environment and people like that but you're choosing to be different and i know it's paying off um and it's going to continue continue to pay off. Um, but this is just a choice that your company is making. Now, are there times that um, you've ever wanted to give up? And if so, how did you overcome it? Oh, yeah, dude, all the time. Like, <laughs> especially, you know, like when customers are upset and disappointed, it can be so frustrating. And, and you're like, wow, like if I was producing all of this overseas, it would be a fraction of the cost. Nobody would be upset. We could be making so much more money. The margin difference between producing it to order in Los Angeles versus producing it overseas would just be ridiculous. Like our prices could be lower. People don't have to be like, why are your shirts $50? And then we have to explain it. Like, yeah, like it's so, every time I think about it, it's like, oh, you know, but I know that the future, <laughs> I know it's not sustainable. And I know that the future is shifting to be more sustainable. And we want to be a part of the future, not of the past. And we want to be a company 
that is paving the way for how things should be. And we think that's going to benefit us more in the long term than making a buck in the short term, you know? Mm. I love it. Now, before we go, and I, and I just love a lot of the uh, T-shirts on your website. I'm looking at some that says, you know, choose confidence, uh, be beautiful, uh, with, with you spelled out, <laughs> or no validation needed. And these are the, the kind of T-shirts that you guys sell just to encourage people and it's a, it's a fashion statement and also to boost confidence. What one advice uh, before we go that, that can you give to an entrepreneur out there? I would say be true to yourself and don't be afraid to share who that is with the world. You'll be surprised how many people agree with you and side with you and will support you for that. Mm, Absolutely. Now, tell us where can people buy Daisy LA's items? How can we find you, social media and all those things? Yes. So you can find Daisy at D-A-Z-E-Y underscore L-A. And our website is www.daisyla.com. So check us out, support what we're trying to do. It really makes an impact and helps us further share this message of empowerment and sustainability. Oh, I love it. Danny, thank you so much for being with us today. I feel like we can just keep going and going and going. There's so, much, <laughs> there's so much great stuff to talk about. and But I truly love everything you've shared today. And I want to thank you so much for being with us on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Well, audience, that is our show for today. Thank you so much for listening in. And don't forget to follow uh, Danny. Don't forget to visit Daisy LA's website. I mean, they have beautiful, beautiful, not just T-shirts, so many things, dresses, and a lot of things to offer. And, you know, anything that you buy, you're definitely supporting our world. You're supporting other women out there. So please go on and purchase her items. And if you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share on your social media. Leave us a review, subscribe. And if you want to find me, you can visit me at triumphantwoman.org. So that is our show for today and we will chat later. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Diary of a Female Entrepreneur. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please leave a raving review, subscribe, share, and send us your questions. Want to be a guest on the show? Contact us at www.triumphantwoman.org. Join your host, Nancy Mensa, and a surprise guest next time for another episode of The Diary of a Female Entrepreneur.